not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my god, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. But did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. And you'll never have to pour or measure detergent again. Can we, can we all get along? Terror, horror, death. Film at 11. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Hello, everybody. Brain Trust, it is great to be inside of your ears again. It's Ben Glebe. You know that probably already. If you don't, you're lost. Turn around, find. Don't collect go. Get $200. If you do collect go, collecting go is not even a thing. Pass go. Collect $200. Go to jail. Don't collect $200, even though you're passing go. It's all coming back to me now. It's all coming back. It's all coming back to me now. Why? Do I keep having to set earlier and earlier records for where I sing in this podcast? I don't know why. It's almost as though you don't know what to expect. Kind of like my weight. It's even worse than it was last week. I had one day, somehow, where I was eating pie and fudgesicles and jelly beans for dessert, and my weight somehow dropped the next day. I'm like, this is incredible. Lowest I'd been on in the last few weeks. And then I'm right back, worse than where I started. And that's not true, but a pound and a half only lower than where I started about a month ago. All in all, not terrible considering the holidays, but damn, and you know what I'm saying? And also why? And speaking of why, the things with relating to the body, I've been growing a beard as candidates who used to run for office and now are former candidates and are aimlessly wandering the desert are want to do. Been growing a beard, looked in the mirror last night, and there's so much gray in it. If you're seeing this on video, you might not be able to tell, but I promise you if you look up close, there's like 60 or 70 grays in there. It's pretty unpleasant to see. I don't like it. Um, I think if it grew in more fully, because right now the gray is on the white background of my porcelain white beautiful skin. I'll never say that again, On mostly on account of it not being true, kind of the red b- blotches here. You know, I don't wear makeup for a podcast. I'm not that kind of person, unless I had some handy, and I would, perhaps. But um, I don't like it. I think if it grew in, I'd be fully, fully salt and pepper, you know? Express yourself. You got to be you and only you, babe. Go on and work that body. I think that's salt and pepper. Um, coming in the upcoming weeks, and by the way, if you didn't already get the clue from what I just said, I will be posting the video of these podcasts on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash bglebe. Couldn't get Ben Glebe there. Don't know why. It's hurtful and frustrating. It's my name. It's who I am. They're like, you can't be who you are if you want to work here with the YouTube people. And I say, well, damn, damn you straight to hell. But I'm in. Count me as a game member. Game member, not gang member, and that should have been clear to anybody listening. Um, but I'm going to be switching up the look of this. I'm not decided yet if solo episodes will still be in the office. Right now I'm doing the reverse angle of the office that I typically do, normally into my desk. But I, when I have guests, and I will have some good ones coming. 
I have a new location that I think might be very fun and might take things to the next level. So just keep that in mind. Also, these podcasts might be long sometimes because there's a lot I want to share. A lot I want you to be able to listen to. And if you want to skip any part of it, I am not offended. Let's say you like hearing the news stories and you want to skip in this episode my interview with Tommy Laren. You better believe it, conservative, controversial, firebrand, borders on racism towards uh, other minorities except for blonde white. If you're not a type of beer you can get by the pint at a microbrewery, she might not be that into you. Well, she was my guest on this episode. We recorded it during the campaign. She got special permission from Fox Nation to do it. And I released it on YouTube a while ago, but I did not release it on the podcast yet, so you can hear it here. And I'm choosing this week for two reasons. But my point is you could skip that if you don't want to and go right to the Thunder Round at the end where you hear weird, weird offbeat stories or maybe go right to Twitter answers before that. Always the second to last segment where you get to be part of the podcast. If I chose your tweet, it has to be a good one. Hashtag Twitter answers are where you find those. But um, the reason Tommy Laren is the guest this week is because she was the guest on Theo Vaughn's podcast uh, this past weekend is the name of the podcast, but she was the guest also this past weekend. And she talked a little shit and misrepresented some shit about me. So she's on Theo's podcast. I've known Theo forever. Good man. Funny man. He doesn't usually do politics. Had her on. I think it's his first political guest. And she's asked by an audience member that wrote in if she ever goes and sees comedy shows. And she answers randomly by saying, do you know Ben Glebe? He used to be a very good friend of mine. I had him come on Fox Nation after one of the presidential debates. And he tore his mic off, said this is bullshit, and stormed off. And he was one of my very good friends, she says. And he's running for president, puts president in quotes. So that's fighting words right there, T. Laren, Tommy Laren, Drama Laren. Um, you were very believing in my campaign and its legitimacy when you had me on your show twice, one-on-one, and then in your studio. But you're bitter because I left your show because it was full of ignorant, hateful, insensitive, heartless bullshit. And... That's why I stormed off, because after 45 minutes of, 40 minutes or so of trying to explain to you and the two other Trump-supporting panelists why almost everything you said was heartless and incorrect and nonsensical, I wasn't getting through to you at all. Not even a, a modicum of a point conceded. When I conceded some things, and sometimes when people don't have the intellectual capacity to process complex thought, they have to use more brute actions like tearing off a mic and getting the fuck out. That happens sometimes. And so on this podcast, I'll not only be playing my interview with Tommy, where for about 25 or 30 minutes, we went hard on many of the issues. I'll tell you more in depth what they are, but all the issues of this current cycle, like she and I tend to debate every two years, although that might be done now. She stopped following me on social media, so our relationship may be in tatters. I'm okay with that if so. You know that's a gamble when you storm off somebody's show. But I also, for the sake of the historical record, not to allow Fox News and its affiliates to distort the truth, I'll be releasing the audio and subsequently the video on my YouTube of me explaining to camera or to audio, to ears, to speakers, to AirPods, whatever way you do it. You might have a cone or two styrofoam cups with string. 
whichever way, I will explain the context and the setting for the different things I said on her Fox Nation post-debate analysis that led up to me storming out. You'll also hear how I dismantled, bit by little bit, all of their insane, absurd, heartless talking points. And you will see it. And you will hear it. And then it ends after that with me going on Instagram story, which you'll hear the audio of, right to camera. Very shaken by what went down and hurt by the lack of compassion for human beings. But we'll get to that. We got to start with a much lighter note and lighter tone. Because life ain't all that. I ain't going to let people that want to brew in the dark arts darken our experience of lightness and lightitude. Latitude. Changes in light and light, 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 light again. But we do always start with the big story of the week. The most important story of the week. Harry and Markle. Megan and Harry. Stepping back from royal duties. He did say duties. Blindsiding the queen. They will be stepping back from being royals. Despite what Lord says that you want to be royals. They disagree. They want out. The queen reportedly said, You may not leave to pursue your own personal happiness. Happiness is forbidden in the kingdom and throughout all of Great Britain. She's still driving at 95. I mean, on her own owned private closed property and still kind of blurring the lines of where the lanes begin and end. But that's, you know, that's her. You do you, queen. Should she still be driving? Yes, queen? I don't think so. I think maybe slow down, queen. But on you. They'll be splitting their time between the UK and North America. I'd like to see Meghan back on suits. And then Harry. Prince Harry on suits. And I still don't know what suits is. But let's do it. Let's get the both of them in some nice-looking suits. Already the punishments are coming hard and fast and strong. Like somebody who is those three things, hard, fast, and strong, punishing them. But these punishments aren't coming from people. They're coming from wax figurines. You're damn straight about that. Madame Tussauds. Tussaud? Who cares? The Wax Museum in England, the famous one. Just took Meghan and Harry out of the display of the royal family. Now it looks off balance. Now there's four of them and a big gap on the left. And how is the nation and planet going to recover? The nation being Great Britain, the planet being Earth. No one knows. Nobody knows. Here's the thing. Uh, I don't give a fuck. You shouldn't either. Let them do whatever the fuck they want to do. It's their life. Just live your life. Hey, 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 hey. You know? Somebody's saying that. I feel like it's Kanye, but probably not. 24 carat gold chicken wings are New York City's latest weird food craze, CNN reports. New York City restaurant The Ainsworth partnered with Jonathan Food God, self-labeled Chaban. I think he's also one of Kim K's close friends. On the ultimate high-low menu item. I don't even know what that means. But no joke, 24 carat gold chicken wings. The fuck and also why and also please stop and also stop being idiots and people are hungry and this is absurd. They put edible gold dust all over the chicken wings and they look fully golden. Um... Here's the thing. Even if you can afford it, you're not supposed to eat metal on account of, um, how do I put it delicately? It's metal. 
and eating metal is a problem for your intestines because of its metallic nature and the fact that that's not food, you dummy. The wings will not kill your bank. You can get 10 of them for $45 or 20 for 90 By that math, I assume you can get 30 for 135 or 40 for 180 I'm great at extrapolating math forward with no price discounts for more items. Or you can get 50 of them. Here's where there's a real math twist. For $1,000. Because you've got to be really stupid to think that math works out. Yes, they throw in a bottle of Ace of Spades champagne, Jay-Z's champagne line, because he needs more money. But is it necessary? I doubt it. You know you're going to eat those wings and for the next six months of your life, and six months, not just six months, be wondering if that metal is slowly killing you. So... We all take chances where we feel necessary in life, you know? Wearable vest grows a self-sustaining garden watered by your own urine. CBC reports. Okay, it's a confusing title, and I don't disagree with you. Let me explain. Designer Arusiak Gabrielian said that each cloak, which is literally a vest full of plants growing on it, can grow up to 22 crops. And you can grow a garden on your own body. I mean... How do I put it lightly? How stupid of a human being do you have to be to want to wear a garden as clothing? you got to be incredibly stupid. I read on trying to find some reasoning for it. The article then explained that they're designed to provide sustenance for the wearer in a future world where climate change has degraded the soil and people are forced to flee from floods and other climate impacts. Oh shit, now I want one. That's maybe the only answer you could have given me that makes this now not a terrible idea. Apparently the idea is that your urine, however, would be captured via catheter attached to your pee-pee and filtered through a process called forward osmosis. How about forward osnosis? Because I'm out again. I don't care if I starve in the apocalypse. You're not attaching tubes to my penis. Been there, done that. Okay, when I woke up from surgery a couple of years ago, they said, uh, we ended up having to attach a catheter to you. And I'm like, oh, really? That was There was a tube in, inside where nobody should ever have said hello? And then it hurt to pee for three days. And that's TMI. That's what we do here on LWOE, a little TMI. Just FYI. Um... The technologies developed by NASA currently exist, used in space currently, to be able to grow certain types of food from urine. Um, the man who tried it doesn't expect it to be a solution, but it's meant to spark more of a conversation about the future. Um, he described wearing it as having a layer, even despite having a layer that protected him from the dampness, you could still feel the dampness, even within because it has an amazing insulating factor. So you're both warm inside, but also moist. Uh, it sounds like a nightmare. Apparently it also weighs 20 pounds, because it is carrying 20 pounds of crops. And, quote, it has an intense smell. The radishes and cabbage actually are quite potent when grown, and it's directly under your nose. So it's quite a bizarre feeling to be cloaked in one of these. Uh, yeah, you'd assume so. You'd assume it's the opposite of a good feeling. 
but I don't want any part of it. Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina, the Daily Wire reports. You heard me. Actress Gwyneth Paltrow is selling a candle that smells like her vagina on her Goop website for $75 a pop. The name of the candle is none other than, a little on the nose if you ask me, this smells like my vagina. Dearest Gwyneth first came across a scent that she said reminded her of the smell of her own vagina. And they finalized the scent, eventually sold out within hours of its test run by people who should probably be reported to authorities. She describes it as a funny, gorgeous, sexy, and beautifully unexpected scent. Uh, Hey, guess what? Your vagina shouldn't smell funny. Or unexpected, to be honest. should smell expected. And it should smell deadpan and not at all funny. She calls it perfect as a candle. A little confident about one's own vagina, I would say. Um, Apparently, it has, quote, an intense smell. The radishes and cabbage actually are quite potent when grown, and it's directly under your nose. So it's quite a bizarre feeling to be cloaked in one of these. I'm sorry, that was a quote from the last story, but seemed apropos. Donald Trump kills Soleimani, bad guy in Iran. We call him a terrorist. He was on our list of terrorists, but also an official in the Iranian government, high up there, like they're number three in the whole government. Bold-ass move, different taking out a straight-up terrorist. This guy definitely had proxy terrorist networks where he controlled terrorist groups and militias in Yemen and in Lebanon. Hezbollah and other groups were certainly Hamas, parts of them under his control. Very bad guy, very bad groups. He was certainly responsible for American deaths, no doubt. Bad guy. But the timing, again, you have to always wonder about Donald Trump. Why didn't he take him out all this time? Why suddenly is he taking him out when impeachment is hanging over his head and he himself said, you can see the video on my Instagram, at Ben Glebe, in 2012 or 2011, said that Obama, he was sure of it, was going to start war with Iran to get reelected because, quote, he can't negotiate at all. Terrible negotiator, no skills. So he'll do a war with Iran just to get reelected. Pathetic. His words. Hmm. Weird foreshadowing of your own brain and where your brain would go if you were facing re-election, perhaps, hmm? Um, because no doubt the guy's a bad guy, but taking down an official of an official government is an act of war. Them's fighting moves. Them's money moves, as Cardi B might say it, and it's also true. But very dangerous. Iran immediately re- swore they would make a reply exact vengeance on us. And they did their version of that the next day, launching dozens of missiles at bases in Iraq where our troops were stationed. But apparently we had some advance warning somehow. They got into bunkers, minimal damage, none of our troops or no Iraqis, thank God on both fronts, were injured or killed. So, pretty weak counterstrike, had to do something, did that, claimed to the Iranian people, however, that they killed 
some of our troops, and they slapped us in the face. Like there's an episode of Jerry Springer only with missiles on bases in response to the death of one of your terrorist guys. So not at all like Jerry Springer except for the word slap and that kind of white trash nature of the phraseology. But uh, Trump made a big address and said we're not going to counterstrike at this time since they didn't kill anybody. And then hours later, from the missiles being launched, a commercial jetliner mysteriously blew up in the sky and tragically killed a lot of people. And Iran at first said, oh, no, it's just not us. It's some kind of mechanical failure in the plane. I and anybody who has the ability to deduce anything from anything was obviously aware that, it, in fact, was certainly taken down by one of their missiles, probably by accident. Now they admit exactly that. It was taken down by one of their missiles by accident. And they got super lucky because there were no Americans on that plane. The death of anybody is horrible. There are a lot of Canadians on that plane. It was a Tehran Air, the capital of Iran, heading to Ukraine. A lot of countries in the news lately. It's kind of strange. And apparently it was like the 12th flight that left that day after the missile. So how did that one get mistaken for an incoming American when it was American attack, when it was an outgoing plane? No one knows. Very hard to figure that one out. But um, it still is so. And... Because there were no Americans on it, there will be no further reaction based on that by us. If there was any Americans on it, it would have been seen as a major act of war, and shit would have been going down in a major way. So if ever there could be a lucky moment coming from a horrible tragedy, Iran got lucky there. And also their military is very stupid and ineffective to not hurt any of our people and then also accidentally knock down a commercial jet of their own airline and kill many of their own people. A lot of Iranians, Ukrainians, and Canadians on board. How sad. Of course, on top of that, Trump had to lie about all this. The reason he killed Soleimani, he claimed, was due to an imminent attack he was planning. Imminent attack. Sound familiar? Iraq war, anybody? We don't want to see a mushroom cloud. He's, uh, there are imminent threats of attacks of weapons of mass destruction from Saddam Hussein. Oh, after a war with hundreds of thousands of innocent people killed, turns out, no, there was not. No weapons program at all, no nuclear materials, no banned materials. Oops. Historical oopsie that killed so many people. And now again, he says imminent, uh, imminent attack on our embassy. Then Trump says up to four embassies, we had news of an imminently planned attack. And Pompeo says it, Secretary of State. Saying different messages, well, it wasn't imminent, we didn't know how imminent, we can't share why it was imminent, but it was, we know it's bad, it could be bad, it could have been good, could have been, could have been very soon, not that soon. Senators saying they're lying, they never were told of any such intelligence. Even some Republicans now are defecting, this could really backfire as a distraction tactic for Trump, because even Matt Gates, G-A-E-T-Z, I don't know how you say that shit when there's two vowels together in like a Dutch style, but is saying this is ridiculous. It was the most insulting intelligence briefing ever after the attack. They said we shouldn't even debate in Congress the war powers because that would only make us look weak in the face of the Iranians. And so Matt Getz now voted with the Democrats, as did two others, Rand Paul and somebody else, I don't care exactly who, voted to make it so that Trump has to now run any future Iranian military actions by the Congress. It's a symbolic measure, of course. Because 
Everything the Congress does these days seems to be symbolic. No teeth behind any of it. Much like Trump himself and many members of Congress. Teethless, dentured mouths. And toothless as well. But it's interesting to at least see some fissures from the Republican supporters. Not huge ones, because Gates still said, Guides? Still said, look, let me make clear, I'm a Trump supporter, but this was incredibly insulting and a bunch of bullshit. So, good for you, toothless congresspeople, for doing toothless things that won't be backed by anybody, but I, you know, it's something. He also said before the attack, he didn't have time to brief Congress, as is normally done, because they had to move quick. And he did have time when at Mar-a-Lago, between golf rounds, no joke, to brag to people at Mar-a-Lago about an impending... Big news with Iran in the coming days. To random hotel goers at his resort. But no time to tell anybody in Congress except the grandest kiss-ass, soulless, moralist, amorphous little jellyfish of a man that is Lindsey Graham. Because Graham would just be like, yes, sir, I'll slap it all up. Let me just slap it all up and not tell nobody. What a maroon five that guy is. He's five times the maroon of a normal man who is a maroon. And most men aren't maroons. (sighs) Craziness. Meanwhile, in Tehran, they've been totally violating the nuclear agreement since we backed out, BT dubs, rapidly advancing towards the amount of enriched uranium needed for nuclear bombs. So that's a nice update. Chrissy Teigen loves a certain kind of blanket, Us Weekly keeps telling me. Very happy for her. Buddy of mine. Don't have her number anymore because she published a cookbook. The picture of her dog in it. Her dog had the dog tag exposed in the photo. Nobody caught it. It had her phone number on it. I lost her number. We're out of contact. Does she follow me on Twitter? Yes. Am I able to contact her to be a guest on the podcast? Doesn't seem to check her DMs much. Let's just put it that way. In dog-related news, my dog, Henry Horse, is on my lap right now, curled up into a kind of an oblong semicircle, warming up my crotch in a way that's uncomfortable. And he seems to do that all the time lately. <coughs> and I let him do it because I love him. He's a son to me. But you don't always want your crotch warm. Have I talked too much about crotches and vaginas thus far? I want to balance it out across the across the gender spectrum. I feel like we're going to talk vaginas, we got to talk crotches. We already did also talk about pee-pee catheters, didn't we? So I feel like it's actually now tipped a little bit towards the pee-pee side of the scale. I need water after a conversation like that. I could have sipped that quieter, but I didn't want you to think there was just awkward dead air. So I made the sip make some noise so you knew that I'm a professional. Sometimes it gets a little parched on account of delivering updates of the entire planet to you every week. Tell your friends, subscribe, rate, and review, please. And follow us at Last Week on Earth on Twitter. So I told you about Tommy Lahren talking shit on Theo Vaughn's podcast. Mild shit talk, but still a distortion of facts. So what we're going to do now is we are going to play you, uncut, my 25 or 30 minute conversation, can't remember the exact length, with Tommy Lahren. She is the guest this week on Last Week on Earth. And I will show you how to really hold someone's feet to the fire about their heartless beliefs, not just have a frivolous conversation with them, which people can do, but it seems like a waste when you've got somebody who's actively trying to divide our nation by stoking racial divisions even further, Trump style that Tommy Lahren likes to do, echoing blindly. I prefer to call her out and challenge her at every step. So you'll hear that conversation now. And when we come back, 
I will uh, introduce you again to the Fox Nation appearance. But first now, Tommy Lahren and I in a green room at Fox News. After I did her show. One-on-one. On Last Week on Earth. Of course, as conservatives, we're always like, we only talk to you to get your perspective, but... Or to get gotcha questions on us. So, firstly, you've been in L.A. now for a while. Has it changed you? Are you a vegan now? Are you becoming more liberal? Are you more interested in saving the environment? Or are you still sticking to your guns? Yeah. Well, I stick to my guns, by the way. I um, figuratively... And literally, Uh I stick to my guns. But no, actually being in L.A. has reinforced a lot of the conservative principles that I had in Dallas, Texas. And now I see the way the state has been ravaged by the liberals and the Democrats that run the state. So it has encouraged me to dig in even harder in this state and try to fix it, change it, save it. Ravaged how? Ravaged by the homeless, by illegals, by literal feces and needles on our beaches and in our streets. And then, of You're course, not a fan of feces and needles. I no, no you know, and, you know, we have a lot of them here in L.A. There are more in San Francisco. So I guess we could tout that, that we have the second highest amount of feces and needles in the streets outside of San Francisco. So gay Southern California. What would you do to fix the homeless problem? Well, first of all, I would stop incentivizing illegal immigration because I think that we can't afford to take care of both the homeless and illegals. I think we owe more to our illegals and our homeless vets or more to our homeless and our vets than we do to illegals. So that's first and foremost. Also, but the illegals are not shitting in the streets, just for the record. I mean, I'm not saying that they're not. I'm just saying we owe more to the homeless than we do not. illegal immigrants. I agree we need to take care of our own citizens as a higher priority than people that are, that came here illegally. I agree with that. Here's the but issue I think I all need to be treated with humanity. Do you agree we with treat that? everyone with humanity. However, here's the problem. A lot of the homeless problem in California is not just people that are down on their luck. It's not just homeless vets and people that are really struggling because I know that that affects every state in this nation, people that are just struggling, and I feel for those people. The problem we have here in California is a lot of these people that are on the streets, they're not just down on their luck. They are drug addicts and they have mental disabilities or mental illness. And so that on its on itself we need to work on. But as far as letting convicted criminals, ex-cons, druggies, low-level sex offenders, just release them out onto the street so that we can tout our reduced prison population is a mistake because then you end up with what we have in the streets of Venice, Santa Monica, and elsewhere. Reagan is the one who did that, for the record. I'm not saying that I support everything a conservative does. I'm saying, but in the the state of California, Reagan did not implement the policies that we have, like Prop 47 and AB 109 and SB 180, which reclassified. Yeah, they reclassified a lot of felonies as misdemeanors in this state. So, for example, if you go and you rob a small business and you take $900, that's not a felony anymore. It's a misdemeanor. So we've taken those people that otherwise would be in prison and a lot of them have ended up on the streets, especially drug dealers, drug offenders, sex offenders. They have reduced what used to be more serious crimes to less serious crimes to reduce prison population. But then that has left people on our streets, a lot of which are now the homeless population. Do you think incarcerating more people is the move? I think we incarcerate that, more people per capita than any we, nation on Earth. No, no, I, and I agree with that. But we also have a nation that's a lot different than other nations on Earth. And we also are a nation that, unfortunately, we don't have as much of a deterrence as other nations. I'm not saying we should go to the draconian measures of other nations. But other nations, you wouldn't steal, you wouldn't rape, you wouldn't pillage because the consequences are far greater than they are in the United States of America. So a lot I of I didn't the, even know pillaging was still a thing. That's still it, a thing? It's still, people are still pillaging. They're still pillaging. People are pillaging not, right here in the United that. States of America. But the problem is, is when we, in California, this is my issue. I understand that they don't want to prosecute 
addicts. I get it because they're saying it's an addiction. Um, and I understand Not that. Not just saying it. It is an it's addiction. It's an addiction. And, with, and, but what they're saying is we don't want to punish addiction, which right. I get. But then right. they're also saying we don't want to punish drug dealers. So you can't not punish drug dealers, not punish addicts, and also have open borders because then you got a whole lot of problems there that are not being solved and are being worsened. Well, I don't think we're saying not punishing drug dealers. I'm saying we're not putting them in prison for life and into a prison system that is skewed against minorities and that is basically a school-to-prison pipeline and then private prisons that are running this for profit and then having cash bail that disproportionately affects minorities and they cannot pay it and they end up getting stuck in this prison system in a very disproportionate way. I think that's some of what we're saying. And so I'm curious what you think about this policy proposal of mine and my campaign. If you want to end corporate crime, and you want to reform our prisons, combine white-collar prisons with regular prisons. Put white-collar criminals in with the rest of them. What do you think? I'm fine with that. You like to it? To me, a criminal's a criminal. Agreed. I don't like people that steal from other people. I don't like people that rape other people. I don't like any of that. And I am. I know that there are a lot of conservatives who have become very felon-friendly right now. Um, I don't agree with Why that. Why is that, do you think? I think it's a way for a lot of conservatives to feel good about themselves, to feel like they're appeasing what they see as a minority community. I don't think that that's the way to uplift a minority community is say we won't imprison you anymore. Um, I, I think that there are far better ways. Like you said, that the school to prison pipeline is a problem. I think we should be making sure our education system has been fortified, which I know is probably something you agree with as totally. well. Modernizing um, our schools big time. Yeah. So I, I agree with those things, but I don't, I don't think the best thing that we can do for minority communities is to say we won't put you in prison for the crimes you commit. But do you agree that there is racism in our prison system and in our, in, in our, has there been past racism? System? Has there been, this a perception of I'm not it, saying past I'm saying current um, we're probably not going to agree on, on a lot of those things uh, I, I believe that our law enforcement does an excellent job of keeping our streets safe and our communities safe the issue I think that we have is that you just said there's people raping and pillaging in the streets uh, well of course because our law enforcement has been in a lot of ways handcuffed in this state from being able to do the jobs that they are really sworn in to do. So I have an issue with that. I don't think the best thing we can do for minority communities is to say we aren't going to imprison you anymore. Um, I also don't think that the best way to help families that have an issue with the correction system is to say, if we let daddy out of prison, somehow he'll go home and be a good dad. I don't think that's the case. I think in a lot of those cases, the family is the first place to be affected by someone who is a drug dealer, a drug addict. Well, our prisons have to be much more of correctional facilities and not such punitive systems that just put people, lock them up and punish them for the rest of their lives. I think that there's a middle ground. But we could talk about we could talk about prison reform for the entire podcast, that just like we true. could talk about immigration for the whole podcast because it's a very passionate issue of mine. So you've mentioned immigration a few times, so let's talk about that. And we just went off on on your show on Fox Nation, which is called No Interruption. Because I didn't really interrupt you. I let you just go. Yeah, you did. Really I gave you free reign. But we've talked a lot about immigration. So tell me, do you agree that we need more humanity in our immigration system? I believe we need an immigration system that doesn't identify as illegal immigration because I don't believe that it's fair or humane to treat legal immigrants the way we treat them in that we allow illegal immigrants to cut them in line. We allow illegal immigrants to come into this country, whereas legal immigrants wait in line and they pay a lot of money to get here, be here and be legal. And we are basically saying none of that matters. The We're legal- not saying none of it matters. So here's a, here's a point that I, I've always wanted to address with you. I never have gotten to. It's not that we're allowing them to cut the line. If people, it's not like a, like a, some frivolous thing. People are coming to save their lives, to seek a better life. That's what America stands for, right? America stands for being able to bring your poor, your tired, your huddled, ma- huddled masses yearning to be free to seek a better life in the beacon of hope that is America. 
And that's what we're supposed to always be. You, your family comes from immigrants, so does mine, and we all are immigrants in this country. And so it's not about cutting the line. It's about they're more desperate. They're more desperate and they cannot wait the line. So I said the exact opposite. Those who are waiting in line, if they desperately need it as badly to come here, no one's stopping them from trying to come gonna, in a, a around the way either and cut the line. You so can cut the line if you have to do so. You're desperate. You're claiming asylum because you're desperate. Mm-hmm. Your community has been ravaged by gang violence, which I don't disagree with because a lot of those nations have really huge problems. Yeah. What I'm saying is, how come then, if you're just coming over here to claim legitimate asylum, how come 90% of you don't show up to your court hearing? To go through the process of claiming asylum the legal way. How come you come into this country, you disappear into the shadows, and you never return back? Because to me, that's disrespecting this nation that has allowed you to come into it, that has allowed you to seek that refuge, and then you don't show up for your court Maybe date. it's because they're afraid this president's going to put their children in cages if they do so. Oh, don't start with that. Well, that's true. Don't start with that's that. That's 100% true. No, it's he had not. an official policy of zero tolerance for zero. children and families. This Brought is what here. I'm asking you. If you don't want to be separated from your family, if you don't want to be detained, if you don't like the food that they feed you in detention centers, you don't like the blankets they give you there, don't come to this country illegally. Don't trek yourself or your family across the desert in 115 degree temperatures for a journey that's far longer than the smugglers tell you it is because I've seen it firsthand. But what don't ha- do it. What happened to that humanity you were talking about? Humanity agree- is don't, don't trek your you, family across the desert. That's two different issues. I've granted you that we need stronger borders. And I grant you that we can try to tell people you should not come here illegally. But when they do, due to our own flaws and our own border security, once they have crossed that border, they are human beings and they must be treated as such first. That's the most important priority once they are here. Be, then we can figure out how to deal with them and figure out which ones are granted asylum and which ones are deported back. But you don't do it by ripping them away from their children and losing track of whose parents or whose kids and having hundreds of children that are still not reunited with their parents hundreds of days later. How is that the America you want to live in? The America I want to live in is an America for legal immigrants, first and foremost. Also, that, that, I, and that I, disrespects human beings along the way? To me... If you are a parent who is traipsing your kid or someone else's kid, which we found in 30% of those cases, like I mentioned earlier, that do the DNA test that say that that is not an actual family unit, meaning that you are a woman or a man in a lot of cases that took someone else's kid to traipse them across the desert or With across permission the permission to bring them for a better they, life. The, uh, permission or they were they using them? the children. Really? Their parents really? said, please take my child with and you to America. Th- and those kids, a lot of the times in our border agents, which are the true humanitarians, they see these children. These children are terrified. They don't know who they're with. They're now in a, being in a situation where they just got taken against their will, even if they are with a parent, and traipsed across the desert. They're terrified when they're seen by agents with no. guns that are about Bull. to put them in cages. I have to no call, one's seen I can them say this on that. your podcast. Bullshit. Because I've been, this is a passion issue for me. Yeah. I've seen our Border Patrol agents, and I've seen the rescue missions that they have done. I have seen people in the desert that are, that are weary, that are dehydrated, that are on the point of near death. And sure. our agents, they see our agents, and they say, thank God they see a Border Patrol agent. Right, because they're that agents, desperate to come to our country. How that, is that a bad thing? I'm saying our Border Patrol agents don't demonize them with these people walking around with guns that are trying to hurt people. They I are humanitarians. All I'm saying is the only time they are seeing them is when they have their guns with them, so there's no way for them to... to to unbiasedly say that they're scared of the person they're with, they're seeing them with the person and with them with guns. I'm just saying the reality of it is they don't have a clean sample of how the mindset of these children are before the agents interact with them. That's all I'm saying. What I'm asking you is do you think as a parent that it is wise to traipse your child across the desert 
in or let's send your children with someone else or with a coyote or a smuggler. If you think that's going to bring you a better knowing, life. Knowing that they're going to be sexually assaulted along the way. Well, obviously they're not expecting the, sexual assault No, they are. The so way. they are actually expecting that. That's why they give them birth control along their way. They are expecting it. They know it. They have accepted it. Having birth control doesn't mean you're expecting sexual assault. No, no. That's why, they're give, that's why they're giving it to their Where's young daughters. Where's this survey that proves you're going to be sexually assaulted? Our, Go on this journey. Here's some birth our control. Border patrol agents, have at it. Our border patrol agents talk to these people as they're incoming. They have an interview process. They have a full process that they go through. And but this that's is what they have found. But that's also just 30% you're talking about. That means that 70% are well, coming Mr. in with Mr. their Mr. actual Mr. Families. Liberal Me Too, one in three women is sexually assaulted on their journey over here. Mr. Me Too, you don't think that's a problem? And we are incentivizing it by saying if you come to this country, 100% of you, family units, will be released into communities. You don't think that's an incentive? To come over to this country legally? You can't say at the same time it's both an incentive and a disincentive. Obviously, sexual assault of any kind is horrible, but people are coming here to seek a better life, not to be sexually assaulted. If that's not a disincentive, then why do you think it's an incentive to be released into the into the town? You always discount. They know the dis- they just got to get here. You always discount the disincentives, and then you say that the incentives make them overlook gonna, all disincentives. Why don't they have a brain that can weigh the difference between the negatives no, and positives they, of coming I'm here? I'm gonna tell you this: a lot of the they don't have brains. The, the smug and the coyotes, when they're getting money from these people to come over here, they are not being told everything that they're going to confront along the way. They're not being told how far it is. They're not being told the extreme conditions that they're going to have to endure because they do know they're going to be sexually assaulted. A lot of them have taken that. They know that part. They just know the distance. I'm telling you, the coyotes that take their money, they tell them it's just over the hill. I spent time with border agents, spent a right. lot of time with border patrol agents. The coyotes and the smugglers that are taking money to these people that don't care about these people, by the way. They okay. don't care about them. They're taking their I'm money. I'm not an advocate of theirs. But what I'm saying is they take money from these people and they say, you just got to make it over the hill. Then right. you get into that country and then they'll release you. Right. But so a lot of people don't issue. understand how bad it is. You're changing the issue from treating people humanely. You keep saying... Humanely is treating them, processing them in a way... Not that, in cages, not ripped away from their families, not keeping a record of so where they think, are, who their parents are, and Deporting their parents back. We don't. You don't even here. think we need to record who comes into our country, but you think that our board. Of course, we do. I said we need to strong These people are on. But but when you're saying it's not either or though. Tommy. When you're saying, boy, if you just make it over here, if we weren't able to catch you, now there's your get out of jail free card. You don't think that's problematic? No, because they're coming here for a better life, and they mostly are so not about, the rapists so about, and murderers so that Trump if, says. So what if you? That your boy Trump says they're not rapists and murderers. They're people coming here for a better life with their families. So if they come here and there's a hole in our border and they're coming to save well, their lives, the, let's fix the effing I hole. I don't disagree with that. So you know, why don't you want a wall then? Because a wall is ineffective. How people is come, it ineffective? Israel come, has a wall. Don't, pe- it's not effective in Israel. People come under walls. People go over walls, and people and it's very expensive. And it's been proven to be ineffective over and over and over it's again. It's not ineffective. And your boy it's can't even build it, and he also. Can't. Oh, our boy is building it right now. He's not. He says he's building it. Oh, no, no. It. I've been there and I've seen it go up. And he also said Mexico would pay for it. When's that happening? Well, guess what? We slapped them tariffs on there and Mexico will pay for it. But he hasn't done it. He backed off of that. Didn't he's he? going to see if Mexico. He already he's said he's going to see if Mexico will it. by taking it off. No, no, no. He's saying. Mexico, play ball. And he's given them the benefit of the doubt. And he he also said, if this doesn't work, then we'll talk about the tariff again. But if illegally coming to this country is such a problem, didn't your own great-grandfather falsify no, documents no, to come no, here no, and he to, to not be deported? No, he didn't. Which, by the way, you're, you're reading you're reading the fake, fake news media incorrectly. No, That's not accurate. My great-great-grandpa came over to this country, and he set up to be a frontiersman. By the way, they needed people in the United States of America that want to take now. a plot of... No, no, we don't. We need workers to do jobs that Americans don't oh, do. Oh, maybe we should cut out the security blanket for these Americans who don't want to do these jobs because they think they're too good for them because they know that they can live on entitlements. Maybe that's also a problem. But so why is it okay for your grandfather to my falsify documents to come my, here? My great 
grandpa did not come over here illegally. He missed his, by the way, ranching land, which is incredibly difficult. Ranching land with no entitlements, no welfare state, no free healthcare, no nothing. Missed his court date for his naturalization process and signed the document himself. That is a lot different. And changed the date on it. He's ranching and he's being a frontiersman and And a pioneer. These people are coming to save their lives and are only being productive members of society. I'm just saying they're the same. Why is your family's situation okay morally? Well, because when my grandpa came over here, it wasn't a welfare state where you come over here and you get free health care. You get to walk into any hospital you want. But that's not the fault of the immigrants. No, it's our fault. Right. We need to stop incentivizing this. But that's not the fault of the immigrants. We are a... it is a wealth. When you come to this country illegally, it is your fault. It's a choice. But we are, I agree with you. We are incentivizing it. We are allowing it to happen. We are not stopping it. And it needs to be stopped. I don't think it needs to be for stopped. For their benefit treating and people ours. humanely when they come here. You have to treat people humanely. Giving them health care so they don't die in this country that's supposed to be this beacon of hope where you come to save your life is something that America should stand for and does stand for. I mean, you're not even willing to grant citizenship just blanketly, not for a compromise deal, two dreamers who were brought here as children against their own will, their families brought them here, have spent their entire lives as Americans, without paperwork, in this country, have been law-abiding citizens since they were kids. How can we not at least give them citizenship? Isn't that something we can all agree on both sides? And our president has offered that. Pulled, and they pulled it back. That was Because the Democrats won't come to the table. You have to have bargaining chips. The Democrats won't... They, you don't they won't. bargain with people's lives. You just do things because they're right. Does Trump ever do anything that's right just because it's right to do? He protects the American people. That's what his job is. His job isn't to protect illegal immigrants. His job is to protect the American people. But he is not. He doesn't do that because he swore an oath I'm to... I'm going to ask you this. We have 130,000 homeless people, and you think yeah. that those people should come after the illegal immigrants. I did not say that. I said we have to prioritize our own citizens. But we're not. But we have to also deal with both at the same time. And So we already have 11 to 22 million illegals in this country. How many more do you want? I want as many as get through trying to save their lives to be treated through. well. Yes. But do you realize that you're basically it's – a, it's a challenge and a brownie point. No, if it's you not. get through illegally, we'll take care no, of you. No, it's not a challenge. This is it's an like, ice like, bucket challenge. It's like, going, it's like going to prison and being like, if you guys can get out, you're free. Like not, well, that's no, true. That's also yeah. true. If you, can, if you can dig your way out now, then we'll release them in the community. Good no, for you. You no, got out. because the criminals are in there because they did bad things. Illegal, illegal, illegal immigrants. immigrants are here because they're seeking a better life. And they paid thousands and thousands of dollars to a coyote or a smuggler yeah, they to get do, over you here. You do what you can to get here. And what do you think that thousands and thousands of dollars to coyotes and smugglers goes to? Criminal organization. You Great. don't know. Okay. Drugs? Yeah, and you think that helps their country? You think that by bolstering the criminal organizations in their own country that that's helpful for the people no, that are still living there? No, but we can break up those cartels and How? those organizations. How? Not by punishing families that are here in so America. So we should just continue to let allow them to fund the cartel and the criminal organizations and the sex traffickers and the human traffickers? We should just let illegal immigrants continue to bolster the business of criminal organizations? No, we should allow people safe haven here and allow them... So open borders. No, not open borders. You then, protect your borders. You allow people to come here through ideally official channels. But when they come here, we're talking about two different things. When they come here as families, as people striving for a better life to save their lives from d- dangerous you, societies, we just say, okay, welcome. You're here. We hug them. How do we delineate? Give them a fruit basket. You I don't, need to ask you this, you don't rip them away from their families. Give them a fruit basket. Give well, them a fruit basket. You and Gavin Newsom are on the same. We could talk about this all day. If you want to spend the whole so, podcast No, I would love to shift topics. So- you said that Donald Trump is keeping America safe and prioritizing America first. Yep. But he does not do that. He just yesterday in the news, just yesterday on an interview with George Stephanopoulos said that he is willing to take more information from foreign adversarial governments against our own country in our own elections, meddling into our elections. Did you like hearing that from the president? First of all, 
When he said that, he yes was not no, saying like he's not saying I want to collude with a foreign government. He's going to he's accept if he has information dirt on our country from foreign adversaries. That used to be the basic thing that we would never do, even as a campaign, let alone the president who took an oath to protect the sovereignty of our and nation. I don't believe with colluding with other nations. That is correct. I also don't believe in and paying for a dossier and then using that to prompt a FISA court warrant to surveil American citizens. Great issue with that. Well, okay. Again, I think that there was good evidence that the Trump administ- the Trump campaign through the dos- had- they used the dossier. Actually, the Trump campaign and the fact that golden Trump- showers that was no, their evidence. The fact that Trump also live on television said, "Oh no, you're not going to do this again." Yeah, when he was Trump live on television was- said, "Russia, if you're listening, please hack Hillary's emails, please." Right, and then five hours later, they began doing that. That's not a joke. He literally gave a them joke. a directive. Then why did they start doing it five hours later? It was a first of Why? all. They People started take action from they, jokes all the they time. They started when when under Obama and Obama was still going. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Obama was very aware of Russia meddling, and if he was so concerned about the integrity of our elections, why did he not do anything? He did do something. He expelled wow. the diplomats. He, he put must have been ineffective in that, as he was with everything else in his presidency. But again, we're, we're, we're we also we're have not, sanctions on Russia. We're not. Which are stronger under this president than past presidents. We are not debating Obama and Hillary. Even what if I'm I grant you all is, those points, if, if Donald Trump wants to work with Russia so much, then why has he been tougher on Russia than past presidents? He has not been under, no, he has under been. duress and under force under of, of, his, of, of some good-minded people in his administration. He has approved sanctions that are tougher. But how come you say, you say that, that he just does what he wants, but then other times it's because he's under duress? It's because, not. Because you can see somebody's intentions and actions. When somebody speaks their own mind and says right next to Vladimir Putin in Helsinki, I trust you over our own intelligence agencies, and That's I don't know. And I don't know why. I have no reason to not believe you. How about the fact that he's a murderer? And how about the fact that he used to be the head of the KGB? How about the fact that he actually all thirteen of our intelligence agencies all agree that they did interfere in our elections? That's the reason, exactly the reason to right. distrust what he's saying. But he doesn't. His loyalty is to rich, corrupt no. business people, to oligarchs, so he can build a, a Trump Tower in Moscow. How did you feel hearing your president say that? You really think that, that he ran for president so he could build a Trump Tower in Moscow? You really think that? He ran that? for president because he's an egomaniac and because he wants to be the most powerful person well, in the world. You're running for president, you egomaniac? Because I'm trying to fix that and stop that. I'm trying to actually, for one time, for once, have a regular person in office, somebody who actually is also a comedian who are known for speaking truth to power, unlike the corrupt business people and career politicians who are known for lying. Comedians tell you the truth. That's what I'm trying to do. I already have a very good life and a career that I love and TV show and a touring stand-up career. And I'm risking all of that to throw my hat in the ring only because I believe a comedian might be needed to take down Trump because he's the greatest heckler in American political history and no one knows yes, how to handle great, him. Though. What's your favorite he's nickname? Let's have some fun. For what? Trump? No, no. For I got some great opponent. ones for Trump. No, no. His, his nicknames for others because he is the king of nicknames. What's your favorite nickname that he has bestowed upon? I don't know. Your Sleepy fellow- Joe is pretty good for Biden because he's falling asleep half midway through every sentence Biden says. It's kind of strange to me. But I also have some great ones for Trump. I'm curious your thoughts about them. What do you think about this one? Cry Baby Donnie. You like that one? He cries and whines about everything. No, I don't think that fit. I don't How about this? Toupee Fiasco. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. How about this one? Coward the Duck. <laughs> pretty solid. Didn't want to fight in our wars because he had bone spurs in his feet. Coward the Duck seems pretty fitting. How about... Traitorous Trump. How about that one? Pretty solid? Because he does not seem to be loyal to our own country in the very, in, directly in the face of the oath he took for our country. It's supposed to be America first. If it's, if it's supposed to be America first, why is that behavior okay? Do you condemn Trump? I don't condemn Trump, period. When he says those um, two things? 
I don't condemn those Trump. individual things. You just said recently in our interview on, on your show that you don't approve everything he does. I so, don't approve everything so he does. What I, think that, I think that the First Step Act is a disaster. This prison reform is a disaster. It's letting more criminals out into our streets. So the so one thing like that. that was bipartisan he did to actually create pr- prison reform is one thing you don't agree with. But you do agree with him saying that he would take more I also don't. I also don't agree with putting, and which he hasn't done, because his goal is to to get troops out of Syria. I don't agree with increased aggression or putting our troops again in foreign wars in the Middle East. I don't agree with that. Uh, Donald Trump doesn't either, but he is. There's a lot of neocons in his administration that are very war hungry. That oh, want- so you're doing the same thing you accuse me of is that you don't give him you give him credit when it's things that you like, but then things you don't like, you say it's his administration. No, both no, because he's very, very explicitly said when he was running and now, and when he didn't want to, he wanted to take troops out of Iraq and Syria. He said that not too long ago. And he very explicitly says that there's no reason to believe that Russia... No, he said that, that he said that's why country. he didn't... No, when he clarifies, he didn't say that they didn't interfere. He said that's not why he won. It's not why he won the no, election. No, he specifically said right next to Putin. No, and he, he clarified he it. And, that it was and in, I have no reason to believe he did. And that was in Helsinki. And the next day right. he said... Committed treason live he, on television. No, no, he did not. Tre- the definition of treason is giving aid and comfort to your enemies okay. at the cost of our own country and our own sovereignty. That's the definition. The of next it. day he came out and said, I trust our intelligence agencies. Russia did meddle in our election, but that is not why I won. And he even flipped exactly. a word to actually flip that. Remember that? He hand wrote a word on that note that actually flipped the meaning of that. And he said, I don't have any reason. He still stuck by his line. He tried to apologize and crossed off the apology and changed the word. He, his, in- his instinct is not to care about anything but himself okay. and anything that can aggrandize himself to that next level. He always does that. Okay. So let's shift even climate change. Okay. Something that he says is a hoax. You agree that the climate is in peril. Do you not? I, again, like we discussed, I don't believe that there is a man-made climate apocalypse that's going to end the world in 12 years. But you're basing no. that on what? The scientists of the world do agree They say that, that we're going to end in 12 years. No, so they said ben in, They didn't say that. Oh, they that said, was AOC. That was the other no, brainchild of your no, party. No, no. She's somebody who fights for regular people. She fights for regular people while asking. People. She fights for regular people while asking for a pay increase because she makes $174,000 a year and she thinks she deserves more as a member of Congress. You don't think that's a little BS, Ben I think Gleave? that is BS. I, grant and that's you that. I didn't even fight. know that. That's yeah, BS. That's I grant you that. Yesterday. But I grant points that, that make sense on, on both sides. How does so that make you sense? That. You think Congress should make more money? No, I disagree with that. I'm granting you that point. That's ridiculous. But she she's just trying to fight for middle class average people. But she's also doing that. You can't argue that she's not doing that. She is a middle class average she, person. You didn't she was see a bartender the, a year ago. Did you see the the billboards in Times Square of the job creation network that's like, thank you, AOC, for moving all these by her idiocy, moving those Amazon jobs that would have been gone to her community. She ran them out through her nonsensical bullshit. Okay, but let's stick for a minute on climate. So climate, we yes. do not say that the world is done in 12 years, but the UN climate report with the consensus of the scientists of the planet, they say that if we do not reverse course on these things within 12 years, we will cross a point of no return so what do you and there will think be mass death, mass migration, and mass economic problems in every single place. So, so what do you, do you think Do you agree with the do? scientists of the world, or are you just making up in your brain that, that you don't, and you're, and then... First of all, there is disagreement, there is disagreement within the scientific community. No, it's 2% no, there actually of scientists, is, and 98% But there agree. is disagreement, because what they like to say is there is a consensus between all scientists. There's a consensus that our, that our 
globe is warming. No. There is not a consensus that it is man-made. That is not there true. is not a consensus that it is apocalyptic. That is not true. There is not a consensus that, that it is not due to the, the natural U- cooling and heating of the globe. The UN There's climate not a report. Con- the UN, oh, the, U- the almighty UN, the cure-all for all things. It was funded. What has the UN ever done that has been effective or that has... The UN is the organization the world has empowered. So they're, they're a, a, a we, mouthpiece. We send a representative to the UN, right? And what, An and ambassador what, to the UN. And what has the UN done for, the UN tries to fight for the interests of the globe. Have they done it? But they didn't write the report themselves. The scientists of the, the world. Scientists. Why do you speak with disdain about scientists? Because it's always this. This is always this line. This but talking it's, it's true. All the scientists agree. No, all the scientists don't agree. They agree that the globe is warming. They don't agree on the factors, agree it's man-made. the variables, and they don't agree That's that, not true. that it is. They don't 98% agree. Ninety-eight percent agree it's man-made. Ninety-eight percent agree it's man-made. That man. So should we stop having? Children? Should we shut down industry? We should shut should, down the fossil fuel industry and, so you, and, and shift off I don't want to see you drive it. anymore, Ben Glebe. I don't want to see you roll up here in a vehicle. Oh, as soon as I can afford an all-electric vehicle, I'm all for it. I love it. We should shift off of it. Do you not think we should shift off of a dirty supply that is sapping the Earth's resources and polluting our environment and causing global change, global climate we should, change? We should, we should encourage innovation and technology, which right. is done through a capitalistic society, not the socialist society that many of the Democrats in your in your field I like agree with you, but, that, but I also agree with you that it's both. It's being both. Do you not agree that we are both? That we, we are both, both capitalist and socialist? Uh, we have a welfare state, which is unfortunate, but Which I don't is, believe we are socialists. It's unfortunate to have any welfare state. It's an, and to have a welfare state is unfortunate to me. Yeah. You think it's bad to help people when they're downtrodden? And having a welfare state in which people are living and dying on welfare is a problem. Yeah. So why is welfare only okay when it's for corporations? I don't believe in corporate welfare. But we have corporate subsidies all the time. Should we end all of them? I don't. I First of all, I... When you subsidize a – I don't believe in that full stop, by the way. But when you have industry that collapsed, you have a company that collapsed in the case of the auto industry, that's because if it were to collapse, there would be thousands and thousands and thousands of average middle class and lower class Americans that would be affected by that. If I take the welfare off of someone who's been living on the welfare system on entitlements and food stamps for their entire life and saying now you need to get a job, there's a work requirement to that, that's not going to – take away jobs from thousands and thousands of other people. So do I believe in full-stop corporate welfare? No. But do I believe that you can't let certain companies fail because then you're actually impacting and hurting thousands of people? There's a difference But, but do you see how there's never a, a focus in our in our policies in helping the average worker and the average person, the average American, as the goal? It's only the corporations. I'll, take you, I'll give you the example, and I called this out and wrote articles about it back when we did the big bank bailouts, right, the big Wall Street bailout. We only gave the money that gave all these subprime mortgages that ruined the world economy and collapsed us for a long time in this country as well, of course, largely here. And we gave them $800 billion to bail them out. But we didn't do anything to help the people that held the mortgages, right, that were given those crappy mortgages by the banks. And I suggested, why don't we just do one extra step and give that money of the bailout to the mortgage holders and require that they immediately pay their mortgage with it so the money immediately also but goes did, to the bank. They did it through a stimulus package, which is what they did do, which was the intent of the stimulus package under George W. Bush. The stimulus package did not help the average person. They did some infrastructure. They did not they they did not actually help people with the mortgages. They said, screw you, your home's getting taken away and you just deal with it. We never actually try to help the people while solving the larger problem. That's insane to me. 
And I don't disagree with you, but a lot of people, a lot of the reason why this happened, I'm not giving banks or anybody a free pass on this, but what I'm saying is a lot of people were living outside of their means, which is why they fell victim to predatory lending, which, by the way, I'm not saying is right. I'm not saying that the banks are right in that. Absolutely not. But a, so lot, of Ameri- both. a lot of Americans were, and this is a problem we're going to face now if we have this rise of entitlement and socialism, is people thinking that they can afford things they can't afford and they live beyond their means because someone else should just pay for it. You should have free college because someone else will pay for it. Free healthcare because someone else will pay for it. I don't believe in that kind of Why society. Why can every other nation on earth give and, healthcare and to its wanna, citizens, every other rich at, nation on earth? I want you to look at the, in the United States of America because we're dealing with our country and the variables that exist in our country, which are unlike any other country in the world, first mm-hmm. of all. Second of all, if you look at what we actually have, an example of socialism or socialist universal health care in the United States of America, it's the VA. And the VA is run horribly. It's managed it's horribly. it's underfunded. Well, it's not just because it's underfunded. It's it because is. it's mismanaged. Well, you could solve it if you funded it properly. No, but, but you, you still don't have fund mismanagement. You still have You keep bloating corruption. your military budget and you don't take any piece of that to make sure that the veterans that fight so hard for our nation. I agree. And we promise you know them those when they sign want? up, we will take care of them. And we do not honor but that you know very core veteran, promise. You know what those veterans want? They want to be able to go to a private health care facility. They don't want to go to the VA because they know that the government runs the VA very poorly. So all these veterans, they want, they trust me, they because want to be Because they're underfunded. Not, not just because they're underfunded. There are far more problems in the VA besides just being underfunded. There is a, the, the administrators of the VA, people that work in the VA, the nurses of the VA, there are a lot of issues in the VA. And that's why, because it's run by the government. If you look at the U.S. Postal Service, run by the government. Would you rather go to the U.S. Postal Service? You rather I go think to Postal Service is great. Or... You get to mail anything for thirty-five cents. It's incredible. Would you rather? If you, if you had something you, that you wanted to ensure got there, would you rather go to the Postal Service or UPS or FedEx? I always Fed. go to Postal Service. I'm fine with it. Okay. I'm fine with it. And my campaign is a PO box, and I loves it. And it's at the USPS. Okay, it's very exciting. So, um, I need to check the time. Baby. Yeah, what, what time is it? Four fifty-one. So I have to wrap it in like a minute. Okay, I'll come good. back on the last week on Earth. Because if, if it's up to, you know, you and AOC, the earth is going to be over soon. So we so better get this done. we have very little time We have very, 12 years. I agree. So you do agree that even if we, we can debate, we can debate the margins of these issues. But do you agree that it should be something that the planet, conservatives, you, you admit yes. that conservatives means conserve. We should conserve the planet and we need to drastically take on the... Drastically the, is where we're going to... we're gonna. But we don't have time to because not drastically, drastically take it over. Yeah, but you tell that to the coal worker that's how, that has support. So if family. we so find them jobs in renewable energies, then you're fine with getting off fossil fuels? If you find them a, an effective renewable energy right. and you can... Take people that have worked in that industry their entire life and right. supported their family on that. And retrain them. And you can retrain them. Yep. And you can – and first of all, you're going to have to give them welfare and benefits because you can't just retrain someone and take away their, their mode of living. You can't do that. That's not going to work. So you're going to have to figure out a way to subsidize them in, in the process, which is going to be a disaster. Why? But you said you can do it for the poor people that you want to take away their welfare and make them just find a job. So why, what's the difference? If you've been living on – If you're trying to save the planet, just, isn't that a very urgent thing we have to do regardless of what we'll do our best to make sure everybody has a job? I'm in favor I, of – I don't. I don't believe in having these drastic measures that are going to result in hardworking people losing their entire mode of income and just ripping it out from underneath of them because people like you and AOC think that we have a drastic issue and we are going to end the world in twelve years. So we need to pull away people's mode of living. No, I, I don't believe. It's just in that. science. Okay. It's just science. The world. Okay. Science. So two last questions. I, and I really have yep. to go. Two last questions for you to wrap it up. To what degree does it bother you? When I was on your show in, I asked you this on your show too, but when I was on your show in Dallas and you had a, a basket with of the word lies. lies in it because Hillary, you were talking about one lie mm-hmm. during her Benghazi hearing. Donald Trump has lied. Well, Hillary's 10, lied a lot more than just. But she's not big, president. Thank God. Donald Trump has lied 10,700 times in his okay. two years in office. Is that a problem for you? Again, when you talk about lies, you're, you're putting up a narrative, which is, 
10,000 lies, and you're including a lot of those lies being the size of my crowd at my inauguration. Yeah, any lies. Should the president be lying that much? If you're going to tell me that lying about the size of a crowd is akin to lying about deleting your emails, then I'm sorry. We're going to disagree. That's not the only lies that he makes. He says, I, I had no business in Russia. Lies to the American people during the campaign to get elected, and he was actually actively trying to build a Trump tower in Russia. That's a substantive lie. Does that one bother you? We're going to have a long conversation Does that lie bother you? Just, does that lie bother you? Again, I think he became president of the United States so he could build a Trump tower in Moscow. No, no but did he lie about I don't think he's benefiting from his presidency. But did he lie about it to the American I'm, people? I need to look at the particulars of that before I can agree because the you've seen the You've seen the clip where he says, I have no business in Russia. And it was a lie directly. And what, you're, what they were trying to get him to say is that he has business in Russia. He's going to benefit from the, being president, that he's got all these investments in Russia, which is not true. He doesn't have investments wasn't the in question. Russia. It wasn't the question. I need to okay, go. Okay, so the last question is this. No, I really do need no, to no, go, no, the, the final like, question. It has to be a, fa- a fast question. Very fast. Do you agree that we have to stop being so blindly partisan and we have to go issue by issue? I do agree and on we that. we have to bring the country together as our focus? I do agree focus? on that. So do you think you can try a little bit to have your default mode be to give the benefit of the doubt to people on the left or the right and just try to realize we're all trying to get along and make success and for which our is lives? Why, which is why, Ben Glieb, I have invited you on my show not once, not twice, but this probably three times at this point. And I've advocated for giving you a platform because I believe in dialogue and discourse. I love that. Will you vote for me? Uh, I think I will give you this. You are the my favorite Democrat in 2020. I'll take it. I will give you that much, but that's where that's all. You're if Trump get gets impeached, you're going to vote for me. Maybe, maybe? Trump's consider not it. Gonna get but if impeached. he did, you might vote no, for me. I'm going to say I'm going to leave it at you're my favorite Democrat in 2020. I will take it. But Thank I'm you so much Trump for your time and, and your book. Please plug it. You have yes, a book coming out. It's I do. called Don't Play Dead. Never played it. Never played it. Never played it. How the truth makes you unstoppable. I love that. We have to stay with truth. We do. We have July to reject 2nd. lies. July 2nd, it comes out. July 2nd. Reject all lies. When someone lies, that's an indication of their character. <laughs> when they speak truth, that's how you know they're real. You keep it real. I keep it real. There we Trump go. needs to stop lying. That's okay. the point of your book. All right. Nope. But <laughs> here we are. Thank you, Tommy. Thanks, Ben. There it was. We covered it all there. Homeless and illegals, the prison system, immigration, humanity. Using people as bargaining chips. And how maybe that's not a good idea. Trump actually not putting America first. Committing treason on live TV. The climate emergency that Tommy thinks is ridiculous. How science is not something we should actually take seriously. A bunch of really, really dumb opinions. And um, how lies indicate your character. Her book is all about telling the truth and no BS. And then support somebody who's lied 15,000 times in office now. Might have been 12,000. We did the interview. It is literally now 15,000 just a couple of months later. So that's pretty bonkers. But I'm her favorite Democrat running and yet somehow quote unquote running for office. Okie doke. Someone a little butthurt. And by the way, it shows you when she said on Theo's thing that we were very good friends. We were not very good friends. It just shows you how few close friends Tommy has because we – socialized only once ever when I when I came to Dallas to do her show and do stand-up shows she was very nice to me that day and other than that we have never talked on the phone socially occasionally text about being on each other's shows never have hung out socially once that's one of your very good friends it shows you that maybe you're not letting people close to you or maybe they don't want to be close to you on account of your being very negative for this country kind of a dark spot in a ray of sunshine that is America so that's on you So then, no doubt she was very cool to me in having me on her shows. 
And I wouldn't normally want to storm out on somebody, but if somebody's morally bankrupt, I don't mind making a bold statement to their face and to the face of their entire audience. But I flew to New York during the campaign, and I went on after the debate live on Fox Nation, the subscription-only Fox service, but they did live stream this event on her social media, on her Facebook. And after, like I said, 40 minutes of batting down their batshit ideas, their heartless points of view, I had enough and I stormed out of there. So here, I will play for you. The audio should make pretty clear when I'm talking directly to you or when I'm on the show. About 20 minutes of highlights with my thoughts in between of them making heartless points, me making common sense, compromise suggestions and good points, and them just refusing to follow logic and getting less and less sensical the more and more sense I made, literally devolving into them making sounds and half sentences didn't even make any sense, going like, okay, like childhood sounds, like, oh, all right there, buddy. I mean, like, absurdly embarrassing. And there's Henry Horse's head for those of you who are watching on video, knowing that I'm not lying about him being in my lap. And so here's that audio without any further ado. And it immediately after the end of it, when I storm off and you hear me say this is bullshit, goes into me in the streets, ranting into my camera, my heart beating fast, my anger being not able to be contained at all at this point at the heartlessness of these people. And then we'll come back. I was asked to go live on Fox after the Democratic debate with support Trump at all costs, even if it causes a race war, Tommy Lahren, former Trump campaign spokeswoman Erin Elmore, and founder of the walkaway movement, former liberal, former Hillary supporter, now Trump supporter for some reason, Brandon Strzok. Three against one. I said yes, and I've gone on Fox many times to try and talk to the other side. I think that's important. If we keep talking only to our own bubbles, we will never change any minds or meet in the middle. And our country will be stuck. But this night was next level. The level of ignorance and ridiculous arguments was mind-blowing. So for 40 minutes, I did my best to combat all their absurd talking points. It started out kind of civil. I even got to share some of the issues of my presidential campaign. I think Elizabeth Warren spoke well to the themes of getting the corruption out of our government that I've been speaking about on the campaign trail. This is a Do you agree with me, however, that while guns are cool, kids are cooler, and that we should take common sense regulations to stand up just to the lobby of the NRA? Fox News is poison to our country. They knowingly make bad faith arguments just to divide and cause irrational fear just so they can get more ratings and make more money. It is disgusting. It, it, was, it was hard to watch. They will always defend Trump no matter what. They tried to make it seem like Trump cares about middle-income Americans. I shot that down pretty quick. Are you just yeah. going to blatantly ignore the fact that, please dispute this fact, it was temporary for middle and, and lower-income people and it was permanent for rich people. Why? Why is the president giving permanent tax cuts for the rich and temporary lip service of a tax cut to middle class? Why? Well, it's still ongoing. Aren't we still in the, in the throes it's of all of temporary them? Temporary versus permanent. Why? Answer that, please, somebody. They straight up refuse to acknowledge facts, so I hit it again. Why? Answer that, please, somebody. 
Why? Well, I think it, I, I agree. I think, I think that the tax cut should be permanent. I think most Republicans are on board with that. I mean, it was Ronald Reagan that first brought that to us with great success. I think Donald Trump will continue to bring that forward as well as other Republicans will continue to bring that forward. But does that saying, tell you about Trump's priorities? Yeah, the uh, demonization of God forbid you should become a success, you should work hard and you should become a millionaire or a billionaire and somehow you're like going to be penalized for that. Right. Exactly. Or Elizabeth no Warren. But that. these people are already pay- paying the lion's share of taxes. There's because they make the lion's share of money. Nobody's demonizing it. Nobody's demonizing capitalism. The Warren says she's a capitalist. But the clear messaging seems to be that these people are screwing over the American people, and that Correct. hardworking she, Americans are paying all the taxes, and that the wealthy people are all greedy, not paying taxes, and screwing and over the people of America. she actually said that verbatim, hardworking Americans, uh-huh. as opposed to the rich. Right. Right. She Wait, actually said that those words are rich are not hardworking. Okay, maybe that was a slight misspeak, but Brandon, you're a hairstylist, correct? Well, I used to be. You used to be. Are you very wealthy, or are you working on it? I'm certainly working on it. I didn't get wealthy as a hairstylist. Okay. I'm not wealthy now. Exactly. So do you want policies that benefit you or do you want policies that benefit the already very rich? I want to live in a country where I have the ability to work hard and attain wealth and that somebody isn't going to come and steal all my money once I become wealthy because that makes me a bad person that I've worked hard and Agreed. attained wealth. Nobody's and saying- that someone else yes, who didn't are. get wealthy... Agreed. I don't get it. He admits that he's not wealthy, yet he says he wants to not have his money taken away when he is. Do you realize how insane that is? That is the great trick of the Republicans. They get you to forego your interests now so that they can stay richer by taxing you with the promise that one day you will be rich. Look at your parents. Are they rich? The same thing is going to happen to you. The same thing. We need to institute legislation that benefits us now, not in some fairy tale future. Every lower and middle income person, when we pass, when we pay our taxes, when we write that check, it's painful to us because it's a huge chunk of money we hard earned. It should just be that painful for rich people. It is. It is not if you, if your quality of life does not change by the tax check. I want to answer your question. If this next statement weren't true, they would be incredibly offended by it. But clearly it didn't even phase them. I do believe that I might also be the only one at this table that is against putting children in cages. That's another thing I do want to address, though, because Joe Biden actually flat out lied and said the Obama administration didn't put people in cages. The Obama administration is the one that created the cages. I said I'm the only one that is against putting children in cages. And all three were like, yeah, whatever, move on. Children in cages. Here I disprove the popular Republican talking point that Obama put children in cages first. So you think the cages started in January after the the inauguration? The administration built those facilities. They did not separate children from their families as a practice, as a policy. Occasionally, when there were fears of human trafficking, then for a short time they removed children, then quickly reunified them. Not like Trump does it, not keeping a list even of of who the parents are or any plan to reunite them. You used an inaccurate word. These aren't families. I also reminded them of how he lost his campaign by making America racist again. Well, but he said only some were good people and the majority are rapists and murderers. That's what he said. That's what is supported by the demonization of immigrants by this current Republican Party, by this administration. You guys all support it. Then Tommy Lahren tried to pretend that all of Trump's racist rhetoric doesn't exist. Well, I did not allow that. Trump's calling them rapists and murderers, and you guys are supporting it. You're saying that there are some people coming into this country that aren't rapists and murderers. You're really contending that some of those people that are coming across the border are not rapists and murderers. Some of any group of people are bad people. Okay, so his comment is factually sound. We don't know who they are, Ben. But I'll tell you the exact quote that launched his campaign. When they come across this border... 
Oh my God, that's the token rapists, Trump impersonation. They are rapists, they are murderers, and some, Mexico. that's not the and quote. And some, I assume, no, are no, good Trump people. Wasn't and now, the founder of the walkaway movement, aka he was a Democrat two and a half years ago and voted for Hillary Clinton, then threw all of his values away so he could opportunistically be on TV. I take Twitter polls regularly with my social media. I ask people, what is the, is the issue that is most important to you coming into this election in 2020? Americans are super concerned about keeping our borders secure and about knowing who's coming in and out of this country, keeping America safe and having a merit-based legal immigration system, which is exactly what we deserve. Americans who pay taxes have the right to know who's in their own country. That's because you're polling Republicans. And then Erin Elmore, who also voted for Obama twice and then threw all of her morals away so she could be a campaign spokesperson for the Orange Monster and get on TV more herself, shows a basic lack of understanding of words and a stunning lack of listening to what is being said right next to her. That's because you're polling Republicans. Republicans, I, that's not accurate at all. Well, based upon what? G- generally speaking, speaking, the people that reply to polls are Democrats. But, 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 but on his but Twitter, polls, right? Polls, but, but you have to at least hand it to Tommy Lahren for being a racist her whole life. I think we can, at least I would hope, because Ben, I've talked to you about this before, that having a strong border is important. It I is. Mean, we- to be reasonable in a conversation, you have to concede points occasionally. Like I did about Democrats calling a border wall immoral. Well, that's we stupid. don't know that's who stupid. the the wall I agree is. With you on the walls that the wall is killing people. Yeah, it's stupid. He said he- but I made clear what the real problems with the border wall are. It's also wrong to demonize plans as immoral when they are not. But it is ineffective. It is very expensive. A lot of illegal immigrants come through tunnels. Which hot tip. Under walls. I don't know if you know that fact. And then Tommy tried to make the most absurd argument I have ever heard. That people become disoriented when climbing a 45 foot tall ladder. Like they can hike through deserts and cross rivers to save their lives. But a 30 second stroll up a ladder is an insurmountable task. <laughs> I've been with the Border Patrol. We've actually discussed this. It's actually also on Fox Nation if you guys want to watch. But people start getting really queasy at about 30 feet. And then at that point, they become disoriented. What, I have to climb this ladder now to save the life of my family? Nah, I'll just go back. And then the woman to my right tries to call it a fact just because Tommy said a thing she heard once. And then at that point, they become disoriented. But having more Border Patrol... I mean, she's been there. It's I've proven. There, when I call her on it, look how she just makes a ridiculous face as though that's a good argument. So proven that you get queasy at 30 feet climbing a ladder? <laughs> that's so dumb. How do these people sleep at night with such easily disprovable inconsistencies in their own logic? It would be funny if it weren't so scary. Someone said it, so it's proven. Okay, if that's how it works, then check out this fun game. You're an idiot. It's proven now because I said it. I then asked the all-Republican, all-Trump supporter, all-irrational panel if they think race relations are going well in this country. And watch the absurd spin coming from the dude. Answer your question, Do uh, are, are race relations in this, in this country doing very well? Not at all. Not at all. But that is not the Republicans' fault. The Republicans are not going on television every night telling the American people that white supremacy is on the rise, that black people have to live in fear in this country because they have a a president, by the way, who has given them the lowest unemployment rate ever, uh, lowered their taxes. Uh, Donald Trump loves minorities in this country. Every time he gives a speech, he makes it a point to say how proud he is about the accomplishments and how well minorities in this country are doing. That sounds condescending. He seemed to know exactly what it's like to be a black person in this country. And according to him, it's super chill. So I asked him about his experience. I'm sure it was very difficult for you 
growing up as a young black man in this country, Brandon, and that you know that it's not difficult and that's just something being It's called about. empathy. It's not that hard. Well, wait, I'm sorry. Empathy. Please let me address that. I did grow up as a young gay man in rural Nebraska uh-huh. in the 80s and the 90s during the AIDS crisis in the most probably homophobic era right. of our country. I'm also told every night by CNN that we have the most homophobic president in the office, the most anti-LGBT uh, president in the anti-woman. office. Anti-woman. And these are blatant lies designed to scare people like me, designed to scare my community. Now, the light bulb went on for me. I saw clearly what was going on, and I walked away from the Democratic Party. And by the way, a lot of black people are walking away. A lot of Hispanic people are walking away. A lot of Jewish people are walking away. They're seeing it, too. They're getting what's going on, and they're sick and tired of it. They're tired of being manipulated. You walked away into a president who is anti-LGBTQ I walked to a president who cares about all Americans. They literally think the definition of empathy is hearing the reality from a minority group and then saying it's not true. It's not called empathy. It's called um, racism. But now you know what it's like you to grow get, up. Right. That's interesting. Wait, wait. You get profiled. You get pulled over. Is this from your you experience as a young black man growing up? No, but I actually have the empathy to listen to people. And you're so saying, we don't listen to people. <laughs> by saying it's okay, not so hard. That's, okay, so that's like Eric, ridiculous. By saying it's not Can I ask a question for you? To grow up as a black person, you're ignoring right. what they're saying. If I'm okay. saying I listen to what they're I wanna saying, ask, that I is the opposite. Can you believe this? As soon as I started calling their president out on his bigoted bullshit, look what Tommy... Who normally can't get one sentence out without screaming, said to me. We want to be calm. We don't want to be like going nuts here. She normally screams so much, her hair extensions ask for another head to live on. Banning transgender from the military has nothing to do with the fact that they're transgender. It has to do with the fact that it's a health concern. People that have asthma are not able to serve in combat roles. People who have flat feet are not allowed to serve in combat roles. People that are receiving hormones to transition their gender are volatile. They are. That's just the nature of getting hormone therapy. Those people also have a high suicide rate. The military already has a high suicide rate. So that matches then. Except transgender people are not just banned from combat. They're banned from the military entirely. So there goes that BS talking point. Again, trying to be reasonable and suggest something that could actually pass. I suggested a common sense middle ground on guns. Take a guess. Do you think they agreed then on some common sense reforms? Or did they reply with some more nonsensical BS with no sort of coherent thought behind it? If you guessed nonsensical BS with no coherence behind it, you would be correct. This is a- Do you agree with me, however, that while guns are cool, kids are cooler, and that we should take common sense regulations to stand up just to the lobby of the NRA when 90% of Americans are in favor of closing Gun show loopholes and private sale loopholes. They have to go through a background check. If you're buying from anybody that's a licensed dealer, they have to go through a background check. And private sales, there's there's no registration. That's true. But watch the woman to my right. Not only get the name of the city wrong, also the country wrong. The church, the church Christ shooting in Texas. That gentleman would not have been able to commit that crime and have that gun if background checks were they, they failed. The government failed us. It's Christ Church. Not Church Christ. Oh, and it's not in Texas. It's in New Zealand where that shooting took place. And you're saying that background checks in America fail us, which you'd think would be an argument for better, stronger background checks. It's amazing. It's like these people literally do not know the definition of very, very basic words. Then came the biggest doozy of insanity that I shut down pretty good, if I may say so. So if I have a gun and I I personally own a gun and I want to give it to Aaron, my next door neighbor, you're telling me that I need to go... And yes, it's a deadly weapon. You need to not just hand it to your friend who's not trained or capable of using it. Or But the, but the Second or, Amendment doesn't say that you need to be trained. The Second on, Amendment is one sentence. We can still have common sense, intelligent policies beyond one sentence written 200 plus years ago. Like, what is the argument even there? 
that it should only be one sentence of gun regulations in total because that's all the second amendment says we can just evolve as humans and think oh we're getting murdered in the streets and at garlic festivals and music concerts and in our schools and so we can just actually yes. adapt some new laws to save children's I lives are- i do grant them it's hard for people to believe in evolution if they haven't experienced it themselves but don't worry tommy brandon and aaron it might happen for you one day who am i kidding it will not happen if if there's a solution that we find that will actually reduce gun violence, then let's go for the solution. But just knee-jerk reaction and let's just start taking What about it. what I suggested? I asked her directly. I said, I conceded something. Can you concede something as well? What do you think happens next? We, we only have about 20 Wait, minutes Wait, but last right? question on that. Can you concede anything I'm, that I'm I I'm going to answer the question this way. If, if there is a solution that we find that will actually reduce gun violence, then let's go for the solution. But just knee-jerk reaction and let's just start taking What about it. what I suggested? Red flag laws I, and strengthening background checks. We don't have enough time checks. for me to talk about red flag laws. But we don't have enough time, suddenly? She just said a second earlier we have 20 minutes left. I talked on my campaign trail to a school teacher in Colorado who, one of her co-workers, was left alive by her husband who killed both of their children and let her see that and let her live to live with that. And she went to a judge just two days before and asked for those guns to be taken away and the judge said no. You don't think that should be a lot? I understand, but you can't use anecdotes and apply them to the population. So crazy. Didn't she use an anecdote earlier about it being impossible to climb a tall ladder? Only difference is my anecdote was about a tragic murder that really happened, and hers was some ridiculous reason to justify a pointless wall. And then Tiny Brain to my left had even less logic in his next comment. And again, none of this addresses causation. If you take no. guns away, that doesn't mean p- doesn't psychotic mean people it. are going to stop being psychotic. They're still going to want to kill and people. And they won't have the gun to do no, it. Maybe what's left of his brain slipped out of his short sleeve shirt that for some reason he's wearing with a tie. Then they all just started saying all kinds of nonsense all in a row. They'll use the car, they'll use a knife, they'll use a knife. I will take somebody coming at me with a car, then somebody coming at me with a gun that can shoot you from hundreds of feet away. Well, then let's ban cars. Or from a hotel window. Ban knives. It's really like his brain functions at a near comatose level. I said cars are not the problem. He's like, oh, so let's ban cars. If I'd said air is not the problem, oh, should we stop breathing? No, didn't say that. Why don't you do some more push-ups? There are, are always one philosophical okay. question I must ask, Tommy. When does compassion fit into any of your philosophy? I'm compassionate for women in this country who are only able to defend themselves against big, strong men who want to rape or hurt them by and having a gun. so they can gun. have a gun. I'm not it's suggesting they don't. So why can't we but actually if, okay. meet But then if my ex-husband doesn't like me, he's going to say I'm mentally unstable. Okay. Then i got to go to court and violate some of And at this point, I had had enough. I realized that I was sitting in a room of uncaring people without the brain capacity to listen to a well-made point and to respond in kind. I had hoped that human beings in the face of even the murder of our citizens and our children would be capable of some modicum of compassion. And when I realized that they were not, I had had enough. Sometimes you make your point best by not allowing ignorance to continue. Let yeah, me no, just say no, one you're last done. thing. Actually, you're done. Tommy, I'm ho- actually, I'm hosting, so we're going to go. I know, because but Tommy, Tommy, one last no, thing here. No, Ben. We can have a debate in this country between conservative principles and liberal principles. We can have a debate between big government and small government and taxes, of course. But what we cannot have a debate on is morals and compassion and empathy for our fellow human beings. We cannot have a debate on finding some way we can all give a little bit with comprehensive c- care for each other, something to give for our own citizens so we don't have children okay. being slaughtered right. schools. Okay, no, we don't no, have guys. children put no, in cages. Right. So we don't have Actually, black people ben, being, ben. being wow. attacked and being discriminated ah. against in America. It's ridiculous. Virtue when are we actually going to care about people? We're going to go we to got the virtue signal. We got it. Enough of people not caring. It's, honestly, it's bullshit.
He's an actor, right? For people in this country that are your fellow brothers and sisters. All right. Sure to win the election. Well. They ended the broadcast about 17 minutes early. They couldn't even continue the conversation on their own in the face of their own hate and ignorance. And of course, they turned to a stupid gaffe to end the broadcast instead of dealing with the substance of the moment. That's what I'm walking away from. You know what? The word that comes to my mind Hashtag here. Hashtag walk away. And we're going to wrap do it. it with Joe Biden. More fun than that? A gaffe to end the night. I stormed out of the building and took to my phone to express the emotion I could not hold in anymore. I just stormed out of the Fox Nation broadcast. My heart is racing a million miles a minute right now because I'm just sick, sick and tired of the lack of compassion in this country from millions of people, from half the country that just don't care about human beings. I'm sick of it. There is no place anymore in this country for, you can, like I said, right before I ran out of there, you can debate left versus right and liberal principles versus conservative principles. You cannot debate heart and compassion for human beings. That's, that's we must be proud of who we are. America is the beacon of hope for the world. America is the place that people turn to when they are seeking a better life. Give us your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to be free. That's on the Statue of Liberty of this country. Not put children in cages and racism is not a thing and stop complaining and don't even do common sense gun reform to protect children being murdered in their schools, building curved walls and wearing bulletproof backpacks in this country. And the leaders on both sides, even on the left, are not trying to fix these things with the urgency it requires. We have a country that is being torn apart by not addressing the major issues that are ruining lives, ruining the planet, ruining people's ability to make a living because all we care about is rich people, all we care about is companies, all we care about is the NRA and the fossil fuel industries. I'm sick of that shit. We cannot any longer have people that do not prioritize humanity. That, if you live with, if you lead with your heart, you will then obviously ban all lobbyist money from campaigns. Obviously, you'll overturn Citizens United. Obviously, you'll finally attack the, the root causes of our problems. And finally, we'll have a world that works for everybody. It's still going to work for rich people. You're still going to have tons of money and tons of profit, but just not at the expense of your brothers and sisters in this country and in this planet. That's it. It's easy. It's an easy solution. Lead with your fucking heart. We need people who actually care about people in this country. And if you don't, get out of our way. And we are back. Hopefully that was enjoyable for you and your family. If you're listening as a family, right? Gathered by the fireside. Fireside chat style. If not, I forgive you. What else went on this last week on Earth? Big drop in cancer rates. 30% drop since 1991, especially lung cancer and melanoma. In addition to early detection being a big reason for that, uh, prevention strategies have been very effective. But of course, Donald Trump took credit for it. (laughs) Took credit. Donald Trump, Henry Horst, can you believe this? Took credit for the drop in the cancer rate when he actually pushed for a $1 billion cut to funding for the National Cancer Institute. The balls on this guy. A lot of people say, I've got the best balls. I've got great balls. Huge, big, bold balls, okay? I got some of the best balls. A lot of people are saying it. He literally tweeted, quote, a lot of good news coming out of this administration. (laughs) With regards to the cancer rate dropping. 
the biggest cancer on our society, Trump himself, saying he's the reason it dropped. Both Elon Musk and Elizabeth Warren show that they are horrible dancers this week. Elizabeth did uh, a weird move at the beginning of her dance. You can Google it where she kind of does like a, you know, like a, kind of like a double D kind of a pornographic looking move for a moment there. Probably not the best look when running for president. And Elon Musk just danced so moronically that it went on far too long. It was embarrassing and it became frightening. I'd rather he threw baseballs through his very breakable, unbreakable car windows, to be honest with you. That was a better look. And um, these people that, should, that aren't able to dance comfortably like in private, don't do it publicly. How does that move sound to you? Practice at least. Approve the moves with your team beforehand. And um, J-Lo's uh, 10-day diet challenge. She shared the secrets to it online this week. Very exciting. I didn't read the article. But I'm guessing it has something to do with looking like J-Lo to begin with. She and A-Rod both did it and challenged the world to do it last year and this year. Um, I will tell you this much. If they have another kid together, A-Rod and J-Lo, I think they should call the child A-J-Lo. A-J-Lo! Is how they could refer to the child. A-J-Lo! You get it? Because of the letters. In the nicknames. Could be J-A-Lo as well. J-A-Lo! J-Lo! There's always room for J-Lo. And A-J-Lo. I'm getting dumber. Am I getting possibly dumber? Could that be? Hearing some weird interference there. Must be the universe saying, yes, you're getting stupid. There are obviously terrible fires going on in Australia. Unprecedented fires throughout all of the bush areas, all the forested areas throughout the entire nation. Uh, if you can't afford anything, please donate to any cause directly helping the firefighters or the animals. Over, I think, half a billion animals have sadly died. I donated this week um, to the firefighter fund started by a comedian who lives in Australia. Whatever fund you believe in, please do donate if you can. Selena Gomez, no more public sexy time. Hate to break that news to you. Her decision... She revealed that she, quote, refuses to make overtly sexual, end quote, music videos at this point in her career. Oh, after doing a whole bunch. I love they always find their morals after making so much money being super sexual publicly. She explained the reason for the shift in her approach for her new album, Rare, as she uh, became embarrassed doing an iHeartRadio album release party, and they played... Her hands to myself video, solid video if you ask me, and no one does. Repeatedly, no one does. And she said, quote, I didn't know you were going to play the video. My sister is here. She's six years old. I told my sister I won't be doing videos like that anymore. It's not really necessary in my opinion. Um, yeah, it was never necessary. You chose to do it to make crap loads of money and to get millions and millions of followers. I love how people, then they're like, oh, but my sisters are going to see it? Yeah, how about all the other 6 and 9 and 12-year-olds seeing it? You were aware that that's the majority of who your fans are and who are idolizing you and you're sexualizing them? Britney Spears started it with Hit Me Baby One More Time in a very sexually provocative schoolgirl outfit in a hallway with a very strange title, Hit Me Baby One More Time. And now you're going to claim, oh, but I don't want my own family to see it, just other families. 
You should have to show everything you do to your family members, as young as they come, if you're willing to show it to other people of that age. How about that for a solution, which is Spanish for a solution? I think, and I'm not even sure. It's a tough one, man. Selena Gomez, I like her as a person. She seems good-hearted, but let's just not be hypocritical with the things that we say here. I once caused her a little bit of embarrassment, which I'm sorry about, but not so sorry that I won't play you the audio right now. At the Grammys 2013, red carpet, I was doing the official red carpet for the Grammys. My co-host Shira Lazar asked her what she's up to now. She said Spanish language album. I then spoke Spanish to her, and it was revealed she does not speak Spanish. So, even though I feel terrible, here is that audio for you to enjoy. And what's next from you? What are we going to see soon? I'm working on my Spanish record right now, so I'm very excited about that. And then my movie Monte Carlo comes out. That's pretty sweet. And the album's going to be all in Spanish? Yes. Para las personas en español que, que, que te gusta oh, tu oh, música. Yeah. Me now. No, solamente... I've spent like four hours on just two sentences for my Spanish <laughs> record, and you're going to challenge me no, right no, now. No, no, no. I only speak about eight words in Spanish. Those are my eight words right oh, there. Oh, good, good, good. That's all I got. Well, es todo bien. Oh, it's, there it's, you go. Yeah, so there was that there. Um, she also opened up about finding love in the public eye and said, quote, if I can be honest... It's just so cliche. Everyone dates everyone. Well, you don't have to do that, and they don't have to all date each other. It seems incestuous and kind of weird. Circular, insular. Quote, it always seems to be within a little bubble, and it's because it's safe, right? No, no one said it's safe. Date someone outside of other huge celebrities. <coughs> Forgive the cough, but it seems safer to me. All I can tell you is I've dated some people in the public eye. And my girlfriend is not. She's a dental hygienist, and it is the greatest thing in the world, dating a normal human being. People in the public eye are nuts. It's nice to have one person to bring that person back to Earth. Plus, they get free dental cleanings, you know what I'm saying? Ain't bad. Ain't a bad perk. It's not why I'm in it, but it's a pretty solid perk. I mean, she's the love of my life. She's an incredible human. But she also cleans my teeth for free? What a woman. Holy shit. Anyway, that's pretty exciting. Saved by the Bell reunion, that's going down. I mention it only to say, A, I'm excited, and B, wanted to know if you guys think I should have Mr. Belding on the podcast, Dennis Haskins himself. Good old friend of mine. I'm sure he'd love to do it. Tweet at me, at Ben Glebe, if you want to have him on, I'll have him on. We'll make that happen. You let me know, okay? I would appreciate that so much. Grapes. Grape soda. Is hypersexuality a potential symptom of ADHD? Quora asks. Somebody replied that, yes, an expert. It can be a symptom of ADHD because it affects your dopamine uptake. And you're, if you're not on medication, you try to find that dopamine anywhere you can, even by having lots of promiscuous sex. Can we stop? We already use ADD as an excuse for everything. Now it's an excuse for being slutty, too. And I use slutty in a very non-gender-based term. Term way, way of terming things. Men can be sluts just as much as women can be sluts. I argue more so, historically. But you want to be a slut, be a slut. Own it. But don't say, oh, it's my ADD. I just couldn't focus on one dick. Hard for me to focus on just one vagina at a time on account of the ADD. I'd love to. But I just can't really bear down. It's like taking a test and fucking people. Hard for me to just focus on one. I mean... Not that we should 
be critical of anybody making excuses for behavior that others get to enjoy, but just own it. Speaking of, are we looking at too much porn? Every year, Pornhub does an annual year in review with their numbers, and they are uh, horrifying in the amount. I mean, horrifyingly awesome, maybe, depending on your point of view. But in 2018, 4.79 million new porn videos were added to the site. Actual content. But just as bonkers, they had 33.5 billion views. Unique visits to the site. There's only 7 billion people on Earth. That's just one porn site. So just figure out the staggering numbers of people that are visiting porn sites. Yet we never talk about it in polite society. We never talk about it as though it exists or it's an industry that's one of the biggest industries on earth. We don't even talk about it as an industry. We don't protect it. We don't own it. We don't own our own behavior, our own behavior also. I don't know what that mini stroke was. I apologize. Talking about porn gets me riled up. Let's stop being hypocrites. Let's start owning who we are. And we might start living lives that are more in sync with the kind of people that we say we are. And there'll be a lot, a lot less hypocritical, non-matching up of our priorities to our interests, to our behaviors. Let's just be who we are and be honest about it. I personally have never looked at porn, but for all the rest of you. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, in our last story before Twitter Answers, refuses to pay her DCCC dues. The Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, the DCCC, many of you don't know, is a committee that helps to get Democrats elected over Republicans. The Republicans have their own version of this. And they each require the people already in Congress to pay dues. Someone at AOC's level has to pay $250,000 a year to remain in good standing. And she refuses. She says, I'm not paying my DCCC dues. Why mostly? Aside from the corruptive influence of money in politics in general. She says... She's raising money independently for candidates that she wants to take out incumbents. She's actually fighting against certain Democrats, too, who aren't progressive like she is. And I respect that so much, how anti-establishment she is in place by her own rules and isn't afraid of shit. But the DCCC, also, aside from having too many C's in its name, organized basically a blacklist of any company that sells merchandise or services to candidates to blacklist any company that sells it to candidates trying to take out currently in-office incumbents, trying to keep people who are already in power staying in power. That's exactly how you don't get changed. So major hats off to AOC on this one. I don't wear hats that often. I would, though, if I could take it off for her on this one. You damn well better believe it. And now it is time to check in with the Glebe of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the big Glebers and all of us. The Friends with Benefits, the Glebe Squad, the Glebe Nation, the Glebe Mob. It's time for Twitter Answers. Brain Trust, I asked you all with the hashtag Twitter Answers, do you have a good luck charm? What is it? Deep question for me this week. Kimberly at Hugs and Kiss 3, big supporter of mine and the podcast, replied, My precious puppy angel is my good luck charm. She brings many blessings and happiness to my life. If I were a different man, 
Back in the day, I would say that was cheesy and overly saccharine. But I currently have a dog heating up my crotch right now, laying upon my lap. So I get it now. It's amazing how a shift in perspective can shift your perspective. At Ziva Glebe, my mother replied, A tiny lollipop-shaped plastic given to me by my grandson Parker, always on me. That is super cute. And I'm getting softer and softer as I age. I don't know why I even put that in the podcast. At Sonia Gwen, our friend and a big supporter of my campaign, replied, Just my smile. Oh, your smile's your good luck charm. That is a sassy answer. I don't think it even qualifies as an answer. I like it, but it's breaking the rules, just so you know. To give equal time to both parents, my father, at Nate Dog Dodger, replied, The high that I wear from my dad. If you don't know what a high is, it is a chain that Jewish people wear, often instead of a Star of David. It looks like a camel or a kind of a cool symbol. I love it. And my grandpa was my hero and his hero. And my dad's one of my heroes as well. And I wear on my neck a high that my dad and mom gave me in Israel when we were there a few years ago. So that touched me. And I'm becoming mushier than applesauce at a hospital. So there's that. A lot of our old favorites coming back for this episode. I have to give them some airtime because we're back in business here at Last Week on Earth every week. Subscribe, tell your friends. At UK Brain Trust, the British Bureau of this podcast, holding it down, says, I have a pair of lucky underpants I wear when I go to my soccer team to watch my soccer team. Works most of the time. Hashtag Manchester City. Firstly, Chris Carter, if it doesn't work 100% of the time, don't have lucky underpants. It's unnecessary. If it doesn't always work, maybe you just have a good team in your city and you can be free to wear whatever underpants you want. Um, and a related note, David Beckham, legend for Man United, rivals of Man City. Um, I don't know if you saw it, but I did a hidden camera bit for the Late Late Show with James Corden. Got something like 40, 50 million views, no big deal. Ramaz Jobrani and I pulled a prank on David Beckham. The show created a very ugly statue of him, unveiled it to him at the Galaxy Arena in L.A., where he was told he was getting a statue and had him react to it. And I went over and kept calling him Dave over and over again because he hates being called Dave. And then I said I loved watching him in his Man City days. And he flipped out, and, and he was very polite about it, but he was like, it's Man United. And you could tell it was boiling him from inside, deeply down. So you can Google that if you want. Our old friend Optimus for PA Gov, another supporter of our campaign as well, at John Hollowich, says, I wear my dad's dog tag and crucifix for good luck. I love this. Everybody's repping their parents as their good luck charms and some people's animals. Again, I rep my dog on my lap area where I'm getting warm in a way I, I'm uncomfortable with and even more uncomfortable having shared it now 17 times. Matthew Corey at Roller Dog NC, our old buddy says, my wife makes me feel lucky. Now you're just trying to get laid. You're straight up just trying to get laid now. You're using the podcast to do it, and I respect it. I respect it very greatly. At Orpheus 00401677, Orpheus says that their good luck charm is belief in chaos theory. Wow, I like that. Getting real deep on us there, almost saying that there is no such thing as luck or luck charms, but that the random nature of the universe and the fact that one thing unfolds into an 
unexpected avalanche of consequences is what makes you believe in you going forward. Deep man. Andrew at King of Promos said, Uncle Joey, he's 98 years old, World War II Purple Heart vet. I bring him to the racetrack every time I go. He's even on Instagram as the oldest one with an account, which is Uncle Joey 100, so follow that account. The guy lived in the Depression, blown up in World War II, stock market crash, 9-11, and is still going strong. That's a good luck charm. What an American. Thank you, sir, for your service to our country. And are you okay with your nephew just using you for horse bets? Does that seem appropriate in the least to anybody? I don't think so. Joseph Johnson at JaJ750 said, positive attitude is my good luck charm. Now people are just completely saying anything they want and not following the rules of the prompt one iota. And our last one, TC at Townsend 5 Tim said that his good luck charm is the foot of a rabbit. No, the foot of my first victim. Ah, uh, okie doke. Let's hope you are joking and let's move on very quickly. You can see me live in the last dates of my Stand Up for America comedy tour. This coming weekend, in just a few days, January 16 through 19, at the Mall of America at the House of Comedy, and then at the House of Comedy in Phoenix, Arizona, January 23rd through 26th. The first one's with Ken Gar featuring, second one's with Jay Montepar featuring, and the third one will be at the end of February in Edmonton at the Comic Strip. Get tickets to all of them at Ben. Glebe.com. Get them as soon as you can. Get a group together. Let's do this. The last three days of this tour I've been doing all year. And on that note, it's time for the Thunder Round. Oddball stories coming at your oddball ears, your be- your odd-eared balls. Mm-hmm. Petition to make Bengals and Browns fans a condition for medical marijuana has been submitted to the Ohio Medical Board. I admire the creativity. I hope it gets approved for you since marijuana should be legal nationwide anyway. I'm the first candidate in history to smoke marijuana publicly. Did it on Doug Benson's Getting High with Doug. Getting Doug with High. I'm so sober I said it the correct way by accident. But it's a flimsy argument on account of we all have teams. I've been... Supporting the Dodgers every season in and out. We haven't won a championship since 88. I've not won the World Series since 1988. I was 10. Does that get me weed? I hope so, actually. I really do. Not that I have a shortage of it, but I'll take more. I'm not dumb. A 17-year-old discovers a planet 6.9 times larger than Earth on third day of his internship with NASA. During his junior year at Scarsdale High School in New York, Wolf Kulkier, Wolf Kukier, the kid's name is Wolf Kukier, that's a, that's a pretty amazing name, landed a two-month internship with NASA and said about his discovery, quote, I noticed a dip or a transit from the TOI 1338 system, and that was the first signal of a planet, he told NBC4 New York. I first saw the initial dip and thought, oh, that looked cool, but then when I looked at the full data from the telescope at that star... I and my mentor also noticed three different dips in the system. It's like these millennials, all they do is look at their phones. Arizona City under siege by a graffiti artist who keeps writing penis man on everything. 
The AV Club reports, a Tempe, Arizona man has terrorized the town by spray-painting penis man everywhere. 40 times throughout all of December. I think that is uh, unique. It's a bold move. It's a good marketing strategy. I wish my campaign had thought of it. Who's the guy that keeps spray-painting penis man everywhere? Is it Glebe 2020 campaign? That might have been a way to get noticed. I was trying to focus on serious issues and ways to help the country. Maybe I should have just, just spray-painted penis man everywhere and more podcasts would have talked about me or maybe i did maybe i'm the penis man you'll have to just wait and see or will you ever see bears in ukraine our last story bears in ukraine are not hibernating anymore because it's too warm so they have started suffering from insomnia the bears have insomnia you guys you think bears are scary enough as is Imagine a sleep-deprived bear coming at you, wanting you as a bone-filled pillow. My theory about why this is happening to these Ukrainian bears, maybe Trump has been withholding sleep aids unless they publicly announce that they are investigating who's stealing all those picnic baskets. I can't decide if I'm proud of that joke or embarrassed by it. And on that note... Until last week, next week, this has been Last Week on Earth. Mm-hmm.